Hallelujah. As you're still standing, 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. I want to really focus in on the last phrase. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Why don't you just, again, lift a hand or two up to God and say, Lord God, as you are. Go ahead, say the words. As you are, so am I in this world. Praise God. Let's praise, praise Him one more time. Lord God, thank you, Jesus. 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 Praise God. You may be seated. Don't get too comfortable. If you get too comfortable, sit on the edge of your seat. Praise God. Put a pen underneath you. Do something. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. As He is. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6 says, He that cometh to God must believe that He is. You know, it was a common expression that we see in the Old Testament comes to us in English like this. And if you've read the Old Testament at all, you will remember this. As the Lord liveth. It was a common vow. It was a common proclamation. Sometimes it was a swear. Sometimes it was an affirmation. Sometimes it was just, uh, just an exclamation. As the Lord liveth. In other words, what I'm saying, as the mighty God is, according to the very name of God, Jehovah means the self-existent one, the great I am. So when we're reading passages like this, when we're reading uh, the book of John and it says, I am the door to the sheep. I am the bread of light. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life, right? Well, we remember all these scriptures. Uh, John points out so many times where the Lord says, I am, I am, I am, I am. Some people say the seven I am's of John. Some people say the ten I am's of John. No one can get it uh, figured out. It doesn't matter. He says it a lot in the book of John. John, I should say, quotes him saying it a lot, which John himself said, if we could have said everything, the world wouldn't have been able to hold the pages. So I suspect Jesus probably said it a lot more, but he allowed John to be inspired to write it as many times as it was necessary to sink into our head. He is. He is existence itself. He is life itself. We don't just believe in God. We believe that without God, we would not be. We have, we have famous philosophers of years past, uh, namely Rene Descartes, and, and if you don't know who that is, don't worry about it. Okay, you don't need to know who it is. But you probably recognize the statement. One of his most famous statements, and I'm going to take it totally out of context, but I don't care because he's famous for it. He said, I think, therefore I am. Now probably all of us have heard that before. But the biblical mindset is... I am, therefore I think. In other words, if I think, and that proves my existence, then I might have invented existence itself. Maybe I'm the only conscious force. Maybe I'm just living in a dream. 
Maybe I'm just part of someone else's dream. Maybe I'm part of the great consciousness. All this new agey garbage that has been floating around. And it's not new age, it's old age. It's been around since the beginning. The devil's trying to mess with people's minds forever. This ain't something new he's doing the last 150 years or so. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm mad at the devil tonight. If you think I'm mad at you, you're wrong. I'm mad at the devil tonight. The devil, I'm just sick of him. I'm sick of what he's doing. So if you feel, if you see me getting a little hot under the collar, don't worry about it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Sometime to really kick the devil in the teeth good, you got to get mad at him. Praise God. But I'm not mad at you tonight. And I'm certainly not mad at God. I'm here to show Him. It says in this place, it says, Herein is our love made perfect. I don't think I need to ask people if you want your love to be made perfect. We've already started working on that a little bit tonight. Maybe we'll work on some more of that tomorrow night. As the Lord leads, we we don't know what we're going to do tomorrow night. But uh, I do believe we're going to be right here in this room praying tonight. As many as will come to pray with us. We're going to come. We're going to pray. We're going to seek the face of God. If the Lord lets us, we're going to kick the devil in the teeth again. That's not a brag against him. That's not railing against him. I'm just talking what God is telling me to talk here. (laughs) Praise God. Herein is our love made perfect. If you want love to be made mature inside of you, understand what else he's talking about previously. He says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. That's verse number 16. So based on that, he says, listen, this idea, this idea right here is what's going to make us mature. See, we're not mature in love if we let any person just handle our bodies any way. That's not maturity. If we go and try to manipulate someone else's body any way, that's, that's not uh, lack of maturity. That's downright evil. Mm-hmm. It's downright sin, and God's not going to allow it in heaven. Mm-hmm. Amen. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to, but God's on, the ro- on a roll here tonight. Mm-hmm. Praise God. We can't just act any way. We're not going to dress ourselves. We're not going to commission ourselves. We're not going to do anything by ourselves when we live under God's rule. Why do we think we can do it here? Why do we think we can just do anything we want in this life when we know we're going towards a life where the Lord will have complete control in our life? We can't afford to think that now. But if you want to be mature in love, you want to know what love really is, it's about a sacrifice. But he goes on to say, this is what makes our love mature. That we have boldness in the day of judgment. He says, listen, if we can understand that God is love. And God will dwell in us by love. If we can just get a hold of something like this. If we can just really believe that God loves me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that will change in our life. And we'll start to be made mature. And when that mature love begins to grow in us, we're never going to fear the judgment. There's people in this room right here tonight, and maybe some people online that uh, online tonight that literally are still fearing the judgment. But what, you, know, the, you know what they used to say in the Baptist church? If the Lord were to take you tonight, would you be ready to meet Jesus? Now they always would say that to people who were sinners, who didn't weren't in church, that had never given their life to Christ and never accepted the Lord as their personal Savior. They'd always use that same guilt trip tactic. If the if you were to die tonight, would you be ready to meet the Lord? I heard it a million times when I was in the Baptist church. But you know what? We don't preach one saved, always saved in this church. 
We preach the eternal security that no man can pluck us out of His hand. And as long as we desire to serve Him, we will not fail. But let me ask you the question anyway. People that are baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, if you were to die tonight, would you be concerned about standing in front of the judgment seat? If you are, then your love has not been made mature. And all that is is not to focus on the bad, but rather if we can turn it around and focus on the good, that means God's telling us, I love you, and that's always good. I love you and I'm giving you the opportunity to understand you can grow up in my love. You don't have to be afraid just because a preacher preaches. You don't have to be nervous just because a preacher gets after you. It's my way of reminding you just how good I am. Hallelujah. Thank God for the preached word. Hallelujah. Thank God for the living word. Thank God for a God who anoints to preach. Hallelujah. How else are we going to be saved? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He goes back a little bit. I I know I'm I'm flashback in here. This is the way I work. Verse 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Oh, there's only one way to confess. And that's to speak it out of your mouth. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Jesus Christ came to die for my sins. Jesus Christ died. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose again after three days. To the glory of God and by the power of God Almighty. Hallelujah. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Whether that uh, soul has been buried in the sea or buried in the ground or still living on this earth. Mm-hmm. At one point, whenever, however, whatever that situation will be, every single soul, including the devil himself, will, it, it, I don't know if he has knees, but he's going to find some on that day. He's going to be bowing in front of the Lord his God and saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. So we're going back to that statement As the Lord liveth. Man, you pay attention. When you read some of those Old Testament stories and you see someone say something like that, you start paying attention. They're calling upon the fact that God exists. We have been faced every single day. You, you know me, I love science, but I cannot read anything, watch anything, learn anything in the scientific world today. With, I mean, used to, just 20, uh, 25 years ago you could, but these days you can't hardly do anything in the scientific realm without somebody pointing down to the fact that we have, we're here by some huge cosmic accident that something out of nothing blew up 13.8 billion years ago and that there is no God and we evolved into this high order of consciousness. The devil's pushing it down our throat. He used to push other gods down our throat like there's gods many and gods that are equal in power and gods of regions. And yes, there are. And that's what we've been facing lately in our prayer times. But these are devils. These are demons. But now he's trying to say there is no God at all and you're just a big accident. You're just a glorified animal. Live like an animal. Eat like an animal. Mate like an animal. Do everything like an animal. But God didn't tell us to do that. He says, listen, I love you. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. 
I want you to eat this food, and I want you to do this job. I want you to be happy. I want you to be fulfilled. I want you to be full of joy. You know what? God's still saying the same stuff today. He's still saying the same thing to us that he said to us on day number one, page number one of this Bible. It wasn't day number one. It was actually day number six, but you know what I'm talking about. Praise God. I want you to multiply. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to work for me, but I don't want you to work any job. I want you to work the job I want you to have. I want you to work a job that's going to fulfill you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, uh, uh, encourage relationships, good godly witnessing and testimony, uh, the, the, the winning of souls. Come on. We were talking about that yesterday. Maybe we should stop calling it winning souls and fish. Instead, call it fishing for souls, okay? Because that's what we're doing. We're throwing lines out and we're fishing for them. We may not win them, but we're trying. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But the, you know, he says, listen, if we would confess, if we would just constantly say, I know you're real, Lord God. I know you exist. I know you did what you said you did. Come on. We remember the verse. Uh, uh, if if he, uh, you, uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on it. Lord, God, help me. You must believe that I am he, or you shall die in your sins. How is that quoted? Somebody help me out. Unless you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Anybody remember Jesus saying that? What is he saying? What, what is he saying? Unless you understand, I am the living God. I am the existing God. Yes, I'm the Son of God. I am the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in me bodily. But what I'm trying to tell you is I'm the representative of the Father. If when you see me, you see the only representation of the living God you will ever see. If you don't understand by my life how this gets done, it's not going to get done. And you will die in sin because you don't understand how much I love you. That's what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son and so what jesus was saying was we always focus on the bad he's telling us we're going to go to hell no he's saying unless you understand just how much i love you and came to die for you you're never going to get the sin issue settled in your life you're never going to win you're never going to get out of that habit you're never going to be delivered from those fears You're, you're, you're never going to be able to face up to what you need to face up to You're never going to have the guts to step out and just take what God's got for you and be fulfilled in your life. Come on, does anybody want to have the fulfillment of the Holy Ghost in your life where you're walking every day and you're saying, thank you, Jesus, I'm satisfied in the walk that you've given me. Praise God. Praise God. I'm not going to talk about being full of the Holy Ghost right now, but, you know, that... That, that's part of it too. And we're not going to get into that. But listen, we can always focus on the negative, but we need to focus on the positive. Amen. Praise God. So when the Lord comes along and says, herein is our love made perfect. Man, that's hard to find any negativity in there. So listen to what it says rest. I know we've already read it several times. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You, there's nothing wrong with that right there. You can't find anything negative in that statement. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise God. Love being made perfect, that's good. Boldness in the day of judges, that's good. The third part here is good too. And he that dwelleth, uh, sorry, uh, because as he is, because as he is, so are we in this world. Folks, this is good news. Amen. The devil always tries to make us think that the mean old nasty preacher comes in here and just smacks us in the head with his Bible. That's not the point. And that's a lie from the devil. Praise God. It's a lie from the devil. I'm not saying praise God for the lie. I'm just saying praise God anyway. A- amen. amen. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Praise God. 
Because as he is, so are we. So are we in this world. John 16, 13. Let's go there real quick. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quoting a lot of John tonight. With the Lord's help. John 16, 13. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Bear with me one minute. Mm-hmm. I'm looking something up in another translation that I'm going to use in a few minutes. Praise God. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Jesus. Keep that right there. John 16, 13. It says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Anybody ever heard that verse before? Yes. Praise God. Sure. You've been in this church any amount of time, you've heard me teach it. Let me read it again. How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, uh, uh, the Spirit of truth is come, he, everybody say he. he. He will guide you in all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever shall, uh, he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Here's a problem with a verse like this. You say, well, there's a problem with the Bible? Yep, no, there's not a problem with the Bible. There's a problem with us reading the Bible. There's people out there that are trying to prove doctrines by this verse. And then there's people like us that try to go back to this verse and try to disprove their doctrines by this verse. So this guy's saying over here, see, this verse proves there's a trinity. And then we, who don't believe in the trinity, say, no, that's not what it says. And then we get all sanctimonious, righteous, and God has given me revelation. That's not what it says. And so, bing, bang, ba-doom, bing, bang, 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 you're proven wrong. Ha, ha, I'm better than you. Do you know the average apostolic will not call the Holy Ghost he? Oh, God, got quiet in here. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm here to challenge your theology right here, right now, and I don't care because God is saying, go ahead and do it. You know, the average apostolic, I'm talking probably a good 90, 95, 96% of apostolics, uh, Jesus' name, Holy Ghost filled saints of God, will not refer to the Holy Ghost as a he because we're too afraid of this concept of the Trinity, something we say we don't believe, but it's my goodness we give a lot of thought to it. I've been finding out the things you put your mind most on is the stuff you're worshiping. The, the, the stuff that you're giving most credits to, the, the, the most energy to, is the stuff you're really serving. Uh, years and years ago, we had a young man come to church uh, this is the first year, in fact, the first few months that I started pastoring. Just a, a, an awesome young man. He had a sincere heart for God. He came in here. He was looking for a church. He, had, he'd been, he was working over at Blackstone. He came from, from Maine somewhere, and uh, his work sent him down here to work in the area. He happened to be driving down the road, and he sees Apostolic Pentecostal. So he pulls in to the parking lot. He knocks on the door, uh, and he comes in. He says, hi, uh, is this a... Is this an apostolic church? I said, yes. UPC? No. We're, we're ALGC. You baptized in Jesus' name? Yes. U, UPC? No. We're ALJC. Oh, I've never heard of that. 
I said, well, we're, we're like UPC. We, we, you know, we, uh, we, we preach the same doctrines, you know. Acts 238, church? Yes. Uh, you know, you believe in the oneness? Yes. You, you don't believe in Trinity? No. You're not UPC? No. And, and it's like, after a while, I'm just like, some people have been so indoctrinated that their little organization, well, it's not a little organization, but their organization is the only people doing anything right that nobody else could possibly be. Even people that believe the same thing. Well, no wonder God sent me out of organization. It's a bunch of mess. Just last year sometime, I was sitting across the dinner table from someone, and he did the exact same thing. You know, I don't look like a typical pastor. I get it. You know, I wear untucked shirts and I got a beard on my face and I don't wear suits every day. And, and you know, that's, that's the preacher's uniform, by the way. And I, I don't wear it, you know. I should wear a name tag that says, I know I don't look like a preacher, but I am. You know, and, and, and yes, I'm apostolic with a beard. God help us. Apostolics aren't supposed to wear beards. Oh, Lord, God, save us from the foolishness of this world. I'm not saying a beard should be worn or it shouldn't be worn. It's neither here nor there. Praise God. If it offends folks, I've already told you this years ago, if it offends folks, I'll shave it off. I've never had anybody come up to me and say it offended them. So I kept it on because I happen to like a beard. Okay? Even in the hot, sweaty summertime, I like the beard. That's it's all it is. That's really all it is. But at the same time, it, it is kind of a statement to say, I can still hear from the Spirit of God even with facial hair. I can still preach the gospel even with facial hair. Well, I don't look like a typical pastor, so this guy, I guess uh, the person that did know me, I guess that was with him, never told him who I was. So, so hey, what do you do for work? I said, well, I'm a pastor of a church. Oh, uh, what kind of church? And I knew he went to an apostolic church. I said, an apostolic church? Jesus' name? Yeah. Acts 238 church? Yeah. Oneness? Yeah. No, no Trinity, right? No. <laughs> you know, do, would you like to see my card? You know, I, I mean, what? You know, and it's like they, they just, it's like they won't believe it. If, if, if you're not somehow part of our ilk and look exactly like a cookie cutter uh, stamped out like, you know, they stamp them out at my church, I can't hardly believe you are. Well, what about the Holy Ghost inside of you? What is the Holy Ghost? I was walking in Price Right just the other day. I kept walking past this tall man. That guy must have been six foot six, six foot seven. You know, just like I had to kind of like look like this, you know. And uh, and he, he tall man, and and he would walk past me, and you know, I had Abby with me, and he would just smile at Abby and chuckle, and and when I was leaving, it's like I really like that guy's spirit. That guy got to have the Holy Ghost. I just knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I walking past him. I think he felt something in me, and I felt something in him. And there was some Holy Ghost about this man. And and I was kind of kicking myself. I was a little bit in a hurry, and I was kicking myself like, why didn't I? We passed each other three times. It's like, uh, hello. Uh, most of the time, I'm open to those things. 
But like in this particular moment, I, I don't know, I just wasn't paying enough attention. I can blame it on my daughter. She was with me, distracting me, whatever. But I, I was I maybe just in my carnal mind and I wasn't reaching out spiritually. But one thing's for sure is after I left there, I was like, I like that man's spirit. And then it just kind of dawned on me, that man's got the Holy Ghost. We should be able to know. We should be able to see each other. We should be able to see Jesus in one another. But back to what I was saying, you know, the average apostolic won't refer to the Holy Spirit as He. But it says right here, and He, and He, and He, talking about the Spirit. We don't have to worry about some false doctrine. It's not true. Right. Here's the problem. Like I said minutes ago now, after I told my long story, the problem with a verse like this is we get so caught up trying to prove uh, a false doctrine is false, and they try to prove their false doctrine is true, and we try to disprove it, and they debate us, and, and, and re rebut them, and, and they re-rebut us, and then re 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 rebut them, and, you know, and then we just go back and forth. We just get ensconced in our positions, and both of us walk away mad at each other, still believing what we believed, and never see the truth that what's actually written in here. We missed the whole thing. You know, uh, forgive me for <clears throat> quoting a very worldly movie, and I hope you'll never go see it, but it was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Uh, it was a movie called Into the Dragon, 1971, Bruce Lee. And, uh, you know, he was teaching one of his young students. He said, um, it's like a finger pointing to the moon. And the kid's looking at his fingers, and he smacked him on the head. He said... Don't focus on the finger or you will miss all of the heavenly glory. And I, I said, yeah, this is some Eastern wisdom, but there's a little nugget in there. Not that we need to watch worldly movies to get nuggets from God. You, you see what I'm saying? But in that portion of my life, I wasn't really reading the, whole, uh, the word of God all that much. And I wasn't really praying all that much. And, and, and God will use whatever it takes to get a hold of your attention sometimes. Sometimes we focus uh, on the trees so hard we can't see the forest. Sometimes we'll focus on the verse in order to prove what we think is right. We miss what's there. This is what he's saying. He's like, how be it? How be what? He, he just gives us this like heavy lesson on, on judgment, right? Verse number eight. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. And, and if, you, if you really have a good grasp on what he's talking about there, come and teach it to me because... I've tried to teach this stuff before, and it, it doesn't always come clear. What is he, why did he say that right here? What has that, that got to do with this context? And, and, and the, these last important things he's going to say to these disciples before they go off. And, and scatter like a sheep without a shepherd. This is the night he was taken, that he's saying all these things. So it had to have been important. But he goes on to verse 10. He says, uh, sorry, uh, verse 12. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You cannot bear them now. The very next thing he says is, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is God. You know what he's saying? He's like, there's things you can't understand with your brain. It's only when the Holy Ghost comes that you originally start getting the truth. Right? How many's got the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. We have access to the truth like, like these boys didn't have yet. Right? You remember what Jesus says on this same night? He said, the spirit is willing. 
but the flesh is weak. He is separating the ideas of flesh and spirit, isn't he? Yes. I know you're here. You're with me. I know you're my boys. You're, you're my special crew. Uh, you know, I, I got 12 of you, and I, I left a, a few of you over here, and I took three of you a little further in, and then I went a little further in, and I'm praying, I'm praying hard, and I'm praying, God, if it, it be at all possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, I, I'm not going to go with the feelings of my flesh. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And my goodness, if Jesus had to struggle with these things, how dare we think that we're never going to struggle with these things? But he looked back every once in a while and he said, you couldn't pray an hour? I mean, according to the words of Jesus, he considers an hour's prayer a very short time. Just the tone that seems to come at us from these words. And I know we don't know what tone he used because it's, it's, it's words that are in black and white, are written from uh, Greek or possibly another language into Greek and now finally into English after almost 2,000 years. And I know we can't understand the full tone, but the feeling I get when I read it is, Listen, it's only an hour. You couldn't watch an hour. These, these are guys that have been up all day. These are guys that have been working and preparing for the Passover. And these are guys that have been stressed out by the fact that Jesus is telling them that he's going to get crucified. This, they, they've been in a long meeting. They've been in a long church meeting. They had, had foot washing. They had communion. Uh, it's a, really a watch night service. I, why do we have watch night service at New Year's Eve when we should be having it around Passover? You know, but anyway, they watched all night with him, and he's he's traipsing them through the countryside, seeing that vineyard over there. I'm the true vine. <laughs> you know, and they're kind of trudging along. And Jesus, we're getting kind of tired. After all, we had three cups of wine tonight. That's a Jewish joke. If you don't get it, don't worry about it. Okay, yeah, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Praise God. You know, but he gets to the garden up on the Mount of Olives, Gethsemane there, and. Uh, he kneels down and prays, and these guys start snoozing. You can't, can you blame them? It's in the middle of the night. It's been a long day. They've had a long time, and they've had a long teaching. Chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16. And then we have a, a, a prayer recorded in 17. All this is going on in one night. And so they start falling asleep. He says, <laughs> uh, your spirit's willing. You're still here with me after all. But your flesh is weak. See, what he's trying to tell them in this verse is there's things you won't understand. But when the, when the Holy Ghost comes, and he had no problem calling him he because he's the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Praise God. He didn't have any problem with that. I don't, know where, I don't know where along the way apostolics started having a problem with saying that. I heard one minister who was trying to raise up another younger minister in the Lord. And, you know, he was trying to encourage me to have him come preach for me. And he's like, well, you know, he's still got a few things, you know, rough edges and we're trying to iron out some things. You know, he, he still refers to the Holy Spirit as he, you know, things like that. But, you know, but I do believe he's got a revelation of the oneness. And I'm just looking at him like, what is the problem with calling the Holy Ghost he? Jesus called the Holy Ghost he. Yeah, all right. Is he going to call him she? Should we call God it? I don't think so. I think that's disrespectful to refer to the Holy Spirit that's inside of me as the it. We just do it. But maybe that's a problem with our, our apostolic faith. Maybe that's, I should say, our apostolic religion. Maybe it's a problem because we depersonalize the God who is that lives in us. If we would just personalize it more, we can start to understand.
understand, hey, He's real. He is. And He loves me. If God really loves me and He lets me go through this stuff, there has got to be a reason. All of a sudden, my goodness, that's why I want to keep those ACs on. I'm sweating like a pig up here. Anyway, it's too late. We aren't going to turn them on now. Praise God. God is good. Everybody with me? Hang out a few more minutes. Praise God. We're going to do it anyway, shall we? John 14. John chapter 14. We're going to look uh, look in and around this, this book a little while. It's all right? Verse number 17 says, Even... The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, if the Holy Ghost dwells inside of you, if He dwells in you, why don't you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, the world don't understand what we're doing. The world's never going to understand what we're doing. They're not going to understand why we raise our hands and praise God like maniacs. And if you're in here and don't understand why we praise God like maniacs, maybe you are more of the world than of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you, if you have received the Holy Ghost, then you have the Holy Ghost abiding in you. I don't care what kind of mistakes you have made. Don't you dare let the devil tell you you can't get back to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, it's opportunity. To, you know, earlier in the service, it was opportunity. It's opportunity to reconnect. Come on, we're not playing games in this place. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not playing games in this place. The world looks at us like we're a bunch of fools. You believe in a God who created everything? You believe that uh, you came from a rock? I mean, they're just as ridiculous as we are. We just happen to have the truth. We also have the foolishness of preaching. It is foolish. It is foolish. That's all right. It's still the Word of God. And the things of God seem foolish to men. But he's sitting there saying this, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him. A little later, verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he, everybody say he. He. The Holy Ghost, he. Everybody with me? He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Hallelujah. When you're in dire straits, when you're walking through that valley of the shadow of death, it's when we can understand the Holy Ghost inside of me is not an it. It it is a he. It is the living God herein. (laughs) Praise God. He is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. As the Lord liveth, the Holy Ghost dwells within me. The great I am dwells within me. Jehovah God dwells within me. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, I'm not saying it's not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Jehovah God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Jesus, the fullness of the Bodhead, yes. godly dwelled in Him and He dwells in me. Amen. Praise God. If I can realize that and I can understand He loves me and I can be perfected in that love, even if He takes me through the valley, uh, even I should say He takes me to the valley of the shadow of death, I will understand this ain't no thing. He's going to take me through the valley of the shadow of death. And if He takes me to the valley of the shadow of death in order to take me home, then it is just my spaceship home. 
Sorry, that sounds a little bit too much like that, uh, that cult that killed themselves. Uh, he is my portal home. He is my whirlwind or my chariot of fire home. Praise God. He is my Jacob's ladder home. Amen? Amen. Come on. That's all it is. If God should let me die, then I'm going to be in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What better thing could we have? Well, if I die, the people back on earth, I have people to take care of. You think God's going to take you and not take care of them? Come on now, it's time to have faith in Jesus Christ who's got everything under control. Everything. Come on, somebody make it feel good. Say everything. Everything. Hallelujah. i got a bunch more verses to read. You all right? Chapter 15, verse 26. It says this. But when the Comforter is come. Come on, somebody say Comforter. Comforter. This is the second verse we're reading about the Comforter now. When the Comforter, come on. This is supposed to be a Comforter. The Holy Ghost inside of you is supposed to be a Comforter. We all know what a Comforter is. It's the big thick blanket that you put over your sheet, right? Well, it's a little bit more than that. Uh, My Comforter is my my Snuggie. Anybody ever bought one of those blankets that you, you you zip up? I never have. I never have. You know, but you snuggle up in that thing. And, you know, when you're having your cup of tea in the middle of wintertime, right? And it's just, hey, that's my comforter. No, 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 no. We're talking about more than just good feelings. We're talking about the understanding that whatever situation I find myself in, God still lives with me. Amen. No matter how I feel in my body, the healer still lives within yes, me. Praise God. No matter how broke I am, the financier of the universe lives inside of me. No matter how stupid I am, the God uh, who knows everything uh, lives within me and who can tell me anything. I shouldn't say how stupid I am, how stupid I think I am. Because some people, and some people right in this room, you don't think you're very smart. Uh, don't, Don't go there. That's the devil telling you that. Praise God. You don't have to have a certain kind of IQ to be smart. In fact, uh, having a certain kind of IQ will cause you to depend on such things, and that's pretty dumb. Okay? So don't you ever let the devil tell you you're stupid. But some people think they're dumb. But even if you do think you're dumb, what if you do have a low IQ? Who cares? You've got the living God who knows everything living inside of you with the ability to tell you anything you need to know at the moment you need it. He will bring back to your remembrance. You don't have to be smart. You just have to be full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He'll bring back to your remembrance everything. He'll lead you into all truth. How can I know all the truth? I'm not smart enough. You don't need to be. All you need to have is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got to get this done. It's getting late. Uh, Chapter 12, verse 49. It's the Comforter. Well, I didn't even read the whole one of this. You, you turn there and I'll read this. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness because ye have been with me from the beginning. You're going to see it happen. You're going to understand what happened. You've seen it wash, uh, uh, roll out in front of you. And you're going to know. And you're going to teach the world. And you're going to stand up on the day of Pentecost. And you're going to see 3,000 uh, get filled with the Holy Ghost. And then you're going to have another revival. Just a little while later at the temple after you heal uh, a lame man. And you're going to see 5,000 come to the Lord. And then you're going to be beaten for my name. But then you're going to pray for boldness. So that you can get right back up there and do it again. 
And then Samaritans will start getting saved. And then Gentiles will start getting saved. And then people will start traveling all over the world. And the whole world will be turned upside down. This should be a comfort inside of us. Not a dread. Not a, oh boy, I don't think I can do that. You've got the Holy Ghost. You don't have to do it. He'll do it through you. Hallelujah. I told this to a man years ago who wanted to be a, a men's leader. You know, he was so excited to, you know, I'm going to tell them in this and I'm going to lead them in there and I'm going to change the men and I'm going to. Do... I said, no, you're not going to do it. The Holy Ghost is going to do it through you. All he heard, all he heard was, you're not going to do it. For six months, he sat down. After six months, he said, well, pastor, you said I couldn't do it. I said, no, you and your flesh can't do it. You can't change the men of the church. The only the Holy Ghost. If you let the Holy Ghost lead you. That should be a comfort. Because every time we walk into something, we don't know how to do it. <laughs> Somebody praise God with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Every time you walk into something you don't know how to do, you know you've got the know-how inside of you by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That is mature love right there, folks. That you know God loves you enough to send you even through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. And if it's not time for you to die, you're going through it. Mm -hmm. And you're coming out the other side. And you're just going to be fine and dandy. The smell of smoke's not even going to be on you. The ropes are going to be off of you. Praise God. The things you didn't need in your life are going to be burnt up in the fire. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Praise God, if you're running a race, you don't need a big pack on your back. The Lord knows how to just snip those straps. Praise God. What do they say? Chapter 12, verse 49. Did I say that? For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment. What I should say and what I should speak. And I know that this commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so... I speak. We're switching gears just a little bit. Okay? Just a little bit. I want, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to end this off in John 1.18, but before we go there, we're going to turn back to 1 John real quick. 1 John 4.6. But the Holy Ghost is inside of you. And just like we heard on Sunday, we hear His voice. We know His voice. Folks, we know His voice. Well, anybody going to stand with me and, and just declare that? I know His voice. Amen. I know the Amen. voice of my God. Amen. Praise you, God. First John 4, 6 says this. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth uh, not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Because we know God. And we know God is in us. And we know what we're saying is of God. Thank you, Jesus. 1 John 1.8. Sorry, John 1.8. The Gospel of John. Chapter 1, right in the beginning. Uh, I said 8. I meant 18. Verse number 18. Forgive me. Uh, let me correct that again. That is John, the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 18. Everybody all right? Amen. This is how it says it in the King James. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. You, you, we've preached that before. We've heard that before. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says it this way. No man has ever seen God at any time. What about Moses? He saw God. He didn't see them all. He didn't see his face. 
How about these people that saw the angel of the Lord? They saw him. They saw a manifestation, a physical manifestation of God. They didn't see the entire glory of God. What John is saying is nobody has seen the fullness. He's trying to tell us something. No man, no flesh has seen the fullness, all of it. But then it says, the only unique son. Or maybe he's saying, no man's really seen God except the son. But it goes on here. Or the only begotten God. Who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the father. Here what it's saying here. You know, I'm not big on the Amplified, but this was pointed out to me a couple of days ago. Uh, yesterday, actually. And I said, you know what? I like that. I, I didn't necessarily know I was going to preach it here tonight, but we're going to end off with this. Okay? You know, we, we know John 1.18, King James Version. But here, uh, what, what the Amplified does is it takes the Greek and it expands the words into a fuller meaning. And so they put things in parentheses and brackets, and it doesn't read real smooth all the time, but it gives us a larger kind of impact of what this verse is saying from, from, from the original language, or possibly the original language. Anyway, who is in the bosom? Now, we see the word uh, bosom in, in King James. Now, it's kind of delivering to us what that kind of means. In the intimate presence. You know, you remember how, and this is written, of course, by John. You remember how he referred to himself, the one that leaned upon the breast of Jesus? Yes. Uh-huh. John understood what it means to be in the bosom of God. He liked to stay close to him. Some creeps have tried to make this a homosexual passage. God help them. Because if he don't, they're going to hell for saying such blasphemy against the living God. This was not a homosexual thing. This was a man who loved Jesus so much he wanted to be close to him. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing sissy about that. There's nothing effeminate about that. Praise God. That's as manly as you can possibly be to want to be like the living God. Praise God. In the intimate presence of the Father, He has declared Him. He has revealed Him and brought Him out where He can be seen. Has interpreted Him and has made Him known. But here it is, folks. This is our mission. This is, this is what 1 John 4.17 said. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Listen, if this was Jesus' job, and this is what the Almighty God did in Jesus, this is what He is doing in us. Why? Because the living God dwelt in Him, and He dwelt in the living God. As I abide in my Father, my Father in me. Come on, anybody remember those passages out of John 15? We could have read those too. There's a lot of stuff, good stuff in John. I told you we'd be almost exclusively in this in the books of John wrote. I think we have been. Let me read it again. He has declared him. Now, it says, you know, he spoke him out. Now, the Amplified is breaking that down, saying, what does it mean to declare him? He, the Almighty God who dwells in us is declaring us too. So what does it mean for us? He has revealed him and brought him out where he can be seen. He filled us with the Holy Ghost that's so Jesus can come out of us and be seen in us. 
Be seen by us and be seen of others in us. Everybody hear me? This is, this, is, this is it. This is what the Holy Ghost is doing. Do you know what? If people aren't seeing Jesus inside of you, it's because you're not letting it happen. It's not because Jesus is powerless. It's because the spirit might be willing, but the flesh is weak. And we get into the flesh, we get into the carnal mind, and we don't want Jesus to see us because our friends might make fun of us. Or we don't want people to see Jesus in us because party time might be over. Our fun time might be over. Our people might make fun of us. Last week we went up to the hill there in, in North Attleboro and we're praying and I felt a presence behind me and I didn't hear it with my natural ears. But as we're praying, we're praying out loud. We're, we're, we're praying out on that hill. We're praying towards the ocean and, uh, you know, all the way out uh, 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 towards the, uh, the coast there, towards the east. We're praying up there on that hill and, and all of a sudden I felt a presence behind us. And the Lord said, don't you turn around, you keep praying. I keep, we kept praying. We kept praying with boldness. Mm-hmm. Turned around. Sure enough, there's a couple people there. Now, they were nice. They were polite. But if we would have listened to them, if we would have been nervous by their presence, it might have shut down our prayer because we're too abashed. We're too embarrassed. We're too self-conscious to pray in front of folks. We were in a public park. Everybody has a right to be there. These people could have walked right up to where we were. We couldn't have stopped them. It's a public place. But God told us to go up there and pray. If we're too ashamed to do something like that, hey, listen, uh, we're in trouble, folks. Mm -hmm. He told us, you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Mm -hmm. Anybody remember those passages? Again, we're not focusing on the bad tonight, we're focusing on the good. The Lord lives inside of us. If we can understand how much He loves us, we'll be mature in that love. And we will be bold in the day of judgment. We'll understand that as He is, the living God, high and lifted up, seated upon His throne, He lives in us, and as He is the living God, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, we are in this world. But I love this last part. He says, He has interpreted Him and has made Him known. (laughs) That's what God is doing through us. He's interpreting. He's interpreting through us. We're a living epistle. We're out there as as the voice of God. This is not to shame us. This is not to make us feel bad. This is not to make us nervous about soul winning. It's about maturing us in love. Every single one of us at the beginning of this message said, yes, I'd like to be mature in love. If we can just stop thinking the things of God are a chore to us, We'll actually start doing them. Stand with me. We're in the last days, folks. We're in the last days. This vaccine is a precursor to the mark of the beast. This is not my opinion. This is the truth that comes down from the Holy Ghost. This vaccine is not the mark of the beast. It is a precursor. If any of you have taken the vaccine, don't worry that you're lost. That's not what this is about. What it's a warning of is open up your eyes. Because if we just go by everything the world tells us, we're going to fall right into the trap. Mm-hmm. We've got the Holy Ghost inside of us. Amen. We've got the living God who can talk to us every single day. And we'll do it if we just let him. 
We've got the God who can clothe us, feed us, encourage us, heal us, give us all the money we need to do His work. Amen. But seek ye first, Matthew 6.33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be taken Amen. care of. Amen. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, stir up the Holy Ghost inside of us. Oh, Lord God, stir up the gift that is in us by the laying on of the hands of the elders. Lord God, stir up the Holy Ghost inside of us that you have filled us with as a free gift from God. Lord God, help us to understand every good and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights. There's no shadow of turning. There's no variableness in it. Lord God, having the Holy Ghost convince us tonight that having the Holy Ghost is a good thing. It is not a curse. It is not a religion. You are not impersonal, but the living God living inside of us. Lord God, help us to understand that we must believe that you are and that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Lord God, if we swear it all, uh, let us swear like this. uh, As the Lord liveth, I will serve the Lord all my days. Hallelujah. I shall not die but live and declare the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I will bless the Lord at all times and His praise will continually be in my mouth. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. I will say of the Lord, He is my ever-present help in time of need. He is my shield. He is my buckler. He is my high tower. He is the one I can trust in. He is my rock and my fortress. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As the Lord liveth, oh God, I will believe. Hallelujah. And signs and wonders will follow me. I will believe and I will speak with new tongues. And I will cast devils out. And I will lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. I will prophesy in the name of Jesus. And I will magnify the living God. And I will teach all nations to do all that He has uh, commanded us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just worship the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. 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 Lord God, this is not too heavy. Lord God, this is not too much of a burden. Lord God, this is not too much for me to bear. Lord God, this is not too much. But by the Holy Ghost, everything is possible. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me to do them with joy as I do it, with gladness. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you for the oil of gladness tonight. Let the oil of gladness drip down upon everyone's soul tonight. Hallelujah, Lord God. Help us to feel joy in the presence of the living God and receive strength in the presence of the living God without worry, without doubt, without fear in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, you are so awesome. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Tomorrow night, we're coming here.